is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, your decisions will decide your fate. Welcome in. We are live here on this Thursday, and NFL Thursday football is back. We'll get to that coming up in a moment. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M A R K Z I N N O. Not only that, coming up on the show, I'll give you my full NFL season predictions. Every team, their spot in the division, wild cards, playoffs, Super Bowl champion, all coming up right here today on the show. Plus, one more case for Spencer Strider to start game two of the play baseball playoffs when they get there. So we'll do all that coming up here on the show today. Uh, wanted to start with the Atlanta Falcons because uh, they held a practice at Mercedes-Benz Stadium yesterday, and it was one of those things where Arthur Smith continues to try and shake things up and continues to try and uh, get these players in a narrative or in a place mentally that was different where they were to start last season. Arthur Smith clearly realizes how important it is for this team to have a good showing in week one. Not necessarily win, but they can't get their asses kicked at home again in week one. Like it just can't happen two years in a row. Uh, people are going to remember that, and he knows that. And he's got to have a better showing than he did last year against the Philadelphia Eagles. So he is super focused, hyper focused right now on this team being better in week one. That was the reason for the practice there. Get used to being in the stadium, get used to the, the mindset and everything else. And we'll see how it shakes out. Look, there's no guarantee that they are going to be competitive against the Saints. I think they are. But as I've said routinely, this is a team that needs to play pretty much mistake free football in all 17 games if they hope to have a shot to win more than they lose. Mistakes will kill this team. You, you think what happened in the first play in the game against the Jets where Kyle Pitts was severely underthrown, and instead of it being a touchdown, it's a 53-yard gain, they settle for a field goal. You do that in week one against the Saints, you're losing. That's what it boils down to. This team doesn't have the ability to make mistakes. They can't let anything slip through. They have to take advantage of every opportunity. That's what happens when you have a less talented roster and less talented players than your opponent on a routine basis. And also, by the way, when you don't have high-level quarterback play, which could pretty much pull you out of anything. So there is a certain amount of little room for error that this team is going to have to deal with all year long. And you're going to hear me point out the mistakes. You're going to hear me point out the, the critical moments in a game where they could have won, should have won, could have taken advantage, should have taken advantage, and didn't. Because I think it's important to understand those moments and how they got where they are. So uh, there's that. In the bigger picture, and we'll see this in week one, here's the other thing. And this is what I said about the decisions shaping the future. I'll tell you what that is in a moment. First, a word from our friends at Built Bar and BuiltBar.com. Folks, the newest Built Bar Puffs flavor is out. And it is delicious. Cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. 
They're light and tasty without the hassle of dealing with all the extra calories and all the extra fatty. These bars are delicious and they're good for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein. That's collagen protein, which your body easily digests and absorbs more efficiently and provides you with tons of different health benefits. So these are the snacks you want to go grab when you're feeding something sweet, but you don't want all the guilt and you don't want all the bad, unhealthy stuff for you. You get Built Bar Cookie Dough Puffs. Amazing and absolutely worth it. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your first order. Here's the other piece of what's going to manifest itself in game one and throughout the entire year. And we've talked a little bit about this from a different standpoint, but how much are these draft picks and these rookies and these undrafted free agents that the Falcons have signed and put on this roster? How much are they going to make an impact? How much are they going to play? You know, I was having a conversation with a, uh, with a colleague and I was curious. I said, you know, you think Ebicady is going to Arnold Ebicady, their second round draft pick, uh, is going to be a situational pass rusher, or will he be more than that? And he kind of said, well, we, you know, they expect him to play more often than not, but I think initially he'll be situationally a pass rusher. And I said, well, I'm going to be counting snaps for Ebicadian when he's on in on rundowns uh, versus passing downs. You know, third and seventh, likely a passing down, you know, second and eight. Might be more of a running down kind of deal or first and 10, obviously. So uh, I'm curious to see where that goes. And I'm curious to see what does Troy Anderson do? D'Angelo Malone, um, you know, Tyler Algier, all these guys that they drafted, they have to be able to make some level of impact. And we said this routinely about Richie Grant, who was last year's second round pick, the 40th overall. That was the litmus test for the Falcons, right? That was the litmus test for Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. Can they draft guys? Can they find guys in later rounds? Because if you can't do it in the second and third round, guess what? The chances of you do it in the fifth and sixth round are even more slim. It's hard to get fifth and sixth round picks to amount to much anyway. But if you can't do it with second round picks and third round picks, guess what? We're screwed in the fifth and sixth round. So from that standpoint, again, those guys that I just named, all those players that we haven't seen much of in the preseason, haven't seen much yet, how much are they going to play in the, in the regular season? How much of an impact are they going to have? Are they any good? These are the things that get this team out of a rebuild quicker. If Tyler Algier can be a bell cow back, if D'Angelo Malone can be a real pass rusher, if Arnold W. Katie can set the edge, stop the run, and get after the quarterback, if Desmond Ritter, when we see when he plays and what he is, if he is the, quote, quarterback of the future, that's what gets this team out of the rebuild. And even go back to last year again. You're talking more about uh, Kyle Pitts ascending, Richie Grant, you know, Michael Walker, all these guys that that were supposed to be foundational pieces. If they start to develop into that, guess what? The Falcons get out of this rebuild sooner rather than later. But if those guys are two, three, four-year developmental pieces, rebuild's going to drag on. Again, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with a guy who takes two or three years to really get his feet under him and become a viable starter in the league. But guess what? When you're in a rebuild, you don't have that kind of time. It's okay when you're the Ravens and it takes three years for a linebacker to be, you know, a guy that everybody wants, like C.J. Mosley was a couple of years ago in free agency or, or Matt Judon. Um, 
it's okay when you're a team that wins and goes to the playoffs. It's okay when you are, you know, the Patriots or were the Patriots with Tom Brady. It's okay now when you're the Rams if it takes a guy that you pick in the fifth round two or three years to develop. You, you have that sort of cloud. It's okay. When you're in the middle of a rebuild, when you're the Lions, when you're the Falcons, when you're the Texans, you need guys to be good now. That's it. Otherwise, you just keep drafting more players and just waiting for the one that pops and shows up and says, okay, we finally got a player. Now we can build around somebody. They got that in A.J. Terrell. They can start to build around. You have that in Kyle Pitts. You're pretty sure you do. You're like 99% sure you do. If he takes a downturn this year, it'd be one of the more surprising things, I think, uh, we've seen in quite some time. So, But that's what's on the line here in week one. Can those guys make an impact? That's not only week one, but big picture. And and uh, if they if they struggle in week one and get beat up again, it's fair to start to question the process and the preparation process because that'll be the first question I ask Arthur Smith in his Monday press conference. All the things you did differently to prepare, why didn't they come to fruition the way you had thought? We'll find out on Sunday. All right, coming up next, NFL predictions for the 2022 season. All of them. Get your pens and papers out, boys and girls. Take some notes and try to make you some money next. Right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O, at Locked On ATL. Of course, follow all the shows here on the network. This is A to Z, hitting hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones, Tanisha Batiste, and Jarvis Davis. Don't forget about our Braves postcast. We have Locked On Falcons, Locked On Hawks. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, folks. Uh, give us a thumbs up on all the content we have there. Some great stuff out there for you guys to check out and follow. Appreciate all the love and support. Okay, let's get to uh, NFL season predictions here. Uh, I will go down each conference, uh, each division, put each team in a spot. I'll give you the wild cards that I believe, conference champions, and a Super Bowl winner. And here we go. Starting in the AFC in the East, uh, Bills are going to win the division. Clearly, I don't think there's any doubt with that. They are the best team in that division, uh, and you'll see that tonight on Thursday Night Football. And uh, this is a team right now probably with the prohibitive MVP favorite in Josh Allen. They've got a great defense. There's no reason not to like the Bills. Uh, and one of the heaviest favorites we've seen to win the Super Bowl outright uh, at the beginning of the year in a very, very long time. And they're down to like plus 400 at 4-1 to one, uh, to win the Super Bowl. So give the Dolphins in second place. Uh, they, they probably take second place because New England's going to regress and the Jets aren't going to be very good. Uh, from that standpoint, again, it's almost like a default – put for the Dolphins in second place. Do I think they're above 500? Yeah, maybe nine and eight, maybe 10 and seven, uh, but that's about it. Uh, I don't know if they are much better than that. Uh, this is still a team that needs a running game uh, and quarterback play is suspect. I could be dead wrong on Tua, but until I see some level of elevated play, I'm going to hold on moving the Dolphins into a certain place where I think that they are, are that competitive. Over to the AFC West. Guys, I've been telling you about the Raiders for a while. I'm not sure how much more I need to pump this up, but uh, the Raiders are going to win the AFC West. Um, they are that good. Their secondary is suspect. That could be a problem, but guess what? All the defenses, with the exception of Denver, in that division have some holes in them. Uh, so I'm not too worried about uh, this secondary, but they're going to score a ton of points on offense. Casey's going to finish second. Denver will finish third. And, oh, by the way, uh, all three of those teams are going to be better than 500. A uh, little sneak preview of who wild cards are going to be. I, I think all those teams are above 500. I have the Chargers in, in last in the division. 
until I see the Chargers do anything, I'm not going to back them to do anything. I think their head coach has become a liability now after what we saw from last season. They have a highly talented roster, but guess what? Talented rosters are great. Yeah, the Eagles one year had a dream team. Remember that? They missed the playoffs altogether. So uh, I can't back the Chargers financially with any money uh, until I see it happen. So it's one thing to talk about them from a game-to-game basis, whether I like to bet on them, but as far as making the playoffs or a season win total or whatever, nope, can't do it until I see something better. So uh, AFC North, Baltimore wins that division. Should have won it last year. Decimated with injuries. That won't happen again. Baltimore is the best team in that division. They're the best roster in that division. They probably have the best quarterback in that division. In fact, I, I think they have the best quarterback in that division. Uh, Save Deshaun Watson when he's playing a full season. That said, uh, I like the Ravens a lot this year. Cincinnati finishes in second. Pittsburgh finishes a close third. And I think Cincinnati is like 10 to seven. And Pittsburgh is like nine and eight. It's like one game difference. Uh, and that could flip-flop depending on who wins the regular season matchups the two divisional games between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. We're going to find out one of them in week one. Uh, by the way, take the Steelers plus six and a half. That said, Cleveland finishes in last. Um, they won't win enough games without Deshaun Watson, and there won't be much season left for them to win with Deshaun Watson. So uh, by default, this is the best division in football. Uh, but by default, I think that uh, Cleveland ends up finishing in last this year. Somebody has to. doesn't mean they're a bad team. just means the rest of the division is really, really good. AFC South, uh, Indianapolis will win that division. Matt Ryan going back to the playoffs in a different color uniform. Tennessee finishes second. Uh, Houston finishes third, and Jacksonville finishes last. And you're going, Zeno, what? How could Houston, Houston's going to be better than more competitive than people think. And I don't think Jacksonville's going to be very good yet. We'll see. Is Doug Peterson that good of a coach? Maybe. I don't know. But uh, we'll find out one way or another. All right, over to the NFC. But first, a word from our friends at Coffee AM. Every morning, guys, it's my routine. Lock, stock, and barrel. Get up. Hit the Keurig, drop some coffee AM in, and I'm ready to go for the day. It is delicious. It is fresh. It is amazing tasting coffee, and you need to get yourself some. They have flavors from all over the world, different blends from different countries, uh, flavored coffees, espressos, teas. They got it all, and everything is so fresh because they roast it and ship it on the same date or very close to it, and they only roast current crop specialty grade coffees. So, again, you know this stuff is going to be good. When you get that box in the mail, you open it up, the smell is going to remind you of how fresh this coffee is. Here's what you do. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Check out the full list of coffees, teas, and gift sets there. Make sure you use the promo code locked on at checkout. Again, coffeeam.com backslash locked on and use the coupon code locked on to get 15% off at checkout of your first order of coffees, teas, and gift sets. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Okay, on to the NFC. In the NFC East, I'm going to give the nod to Dallas just based off experience, better quarterback play, uh, and a very talented roster. I know people are down on Dallas. I'm not saying Dallas is going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, sneak uh, Spoiler alert, I don't have them winning the Super Bowl this year, but uh, they're still better than the Eagles, and they're good enough to beat the Eagles. What does Nick Sirianni and the Eagles do with Jalen Hurts? I don't know. Uh, it is one of the more perplexing teams and tough teams to handicap this entire year. I think Jalen Hurts is good. I don't know if he's great. I think their their running game is going to be fantastic again, but how much of that is going to be Jalen Hurts? I, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks about this team, and defensively, can they stop anybody? The Eagles are a team that play great with a lead and terrible from behind. That's, that's who they were last year. That's who they're going to be again. So I have the Eagles in second. I have the Commanders in third, the Giants in last. The Commanders I, I, am, I am quietly high on. Um, I love Carson Wentz. You guys know that. I think he's super talented, and he's going to be able to elevate them. It's just a question if that defense gets right. Chase Young's going to miss the first four games. 
if he comes back and the defense is good, guess what? Uh, Washington is going to be very, very competitive. NFC West, San Francisco wins a division. Uh, another very talented team and a very, very good defense. Uh, one of the better play callers and coaches and schemers in the league. I don't think Trey Lance is going to be asked to do that much. I think they have enough weapons around him that whatever he is going to be asked to do is going to be more than enough for them to win games, especially with a defense at a running game like they have. Rams finish second. Cardinals finish third. Of course, Seattle finishes last in the NFC West. Over to the NFC North. Vikings winning that division. Yes, folks, uh, I'm backing them to do it. In fact, I put my own money on it uh, at plus 250. Uh, when I flew home to New York, first thing I did when I landed, pulled up the app, put the money down. Bam. Let's go, Vikings. Uh, Skoll, as they say. But anyway, so I like the Vikings a lot. Very, very talented team. They fixed the uh, the, the back end of, of their their defense, and they have a solid pass rush now. Danelle Hunter, Zadarius Smith, they're going to be really, really tough on defense. Uh, and they finally have a coach right now who can accentuate this offense to a much better level than what it was. Watch what happens to this Vikings offense with the guy who was under Sean McVay and uh, Kevin O'Connell, Kevin O'Donnell, some Irish, whatever. But anyway, I was I always confuse him with Mike McDaniel in Miami and Kevin O'Connell. Anyway, uh, regardless, the Vikings are going to be very, very good on offense. Uh, you'll see what happens with them. Green Bay finishes second because they're not going to be bad. They're just not going to be as good as Minnesota. Uh, put Detroit in third and the Bears in last. And, you know, Bears may have the number one overall draft pick when it's all said and done uh, at the end of this year if they can't protect Justin Fields. And I don't think they can. Uh, over to the NFC South. Tampa Bay wins the division. New Orleans finishes second. Atlanta third, Carolina fourth. Uh, I don't think there's any surprises there. No reason to really handicap that. Wild cards in the AFC. As I told you, AFC West is going to get three teams in. Raiders are going to be in. KC is going to be in. Denver is going to be in. Cincinnati gets the last wild card as the defending Super Bowl, uh, defending AFC champs. Over to the NFC. Rams get a wild card, Packers get a wild card, and Eagles get a wild card. I don't really know if the Saints are there yet. I don't trust the Saints without Sean Payton. In fact, I did an interview yesterday on New Orleans radio, uh, and they asked me what I thought of the Saints, and I said I can't trust any Saints offense without Sean Payton calling the plays until I see otherwise. I have no idea what they're going to be. And the response was, I don't think we've talked enough about Sean Payton not being here as uh, a problem for this team, and it is. I think it's a real problem for them. Conference champions in the AFC, I have Baltimore. In the NFC, I have San Francisco. Uh, a rematch of a Super Bowl 10 years ago between the Ravens and 49ers. And I got the Ravens coming out on top again. Ravens are my Super Bowl champ this year. So that does it for my pick of NFL teams. I'll throw all that up on Twitter today for you guys so uh, you can see it there as well. Feel free to tweet me. Tell me I'm an idiot. Knock yourself out. It'll be a lot of fun. Coming up next, uh, one more case for Spencer Strider to get the ball in game two this postseason. I keep telling you guys, and nobody wants to listen to me. I'll try to tell you one more time. That's next. Radio on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Wrapping things up here on this Thursday, we've got some information to get to here concerning the Atlanta Braves, who are back at a first place play a half game, thanks to doubleheaders. Uh, nonetheless, before we get to the Braves, let's hand out a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. You know how we do it every day. You set somebody straight for saying and doing something stupid. Whack them right upside the head with a shovel. You can hand out a shovel of wisdom as well on my Twitter account, at Mark Zinno. 
M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. And today my shovel goes to Doug Gottlieb. You guys know Doug Gottlieb. Uh, for the record, I think Doug Gottlieb is an excellent radio host. Um, and I also think that uh, he made a bad mistake uh, in getting involved in the Freddie Freeman, AC Close, uh, you know, debacle that happened with Freeman's agent and then coming back to the Braves and everything else. This is remember when Gottlieb tweeted that uh, that Casey Close didn't bring uh, the the final offer of the Braves to Freddie Freeman. Well, um, Casey Close and uh, the agency that he works for, Excel Sports Management, sued Gottlieb for libel. That case came to an end uh, when he apologized in a statement uh, Excel Sports Management said in a statement said from the onset we were clear Mr. Gottlieb's tweet was wholly inaccurate and that we would seek legal remedies to set the record straight. He has retracted his statement in its entirety. We acknowledge that he got the story wrong. We consider the matter closed. Uh, Gottlieb also issued a statement uh, and tried to at least clarify where he got the information from. Uh, part of the statement says, quote, while I always strive to report accurate information, I prematurely reported on these events and simply got it wrong upon further vetting of my sources a review of the lawsuit filed against me in this matter and a direct conversation with Casey himself. I've learned that the conduct I alleged did not occur, and that there's no credible basis for stating that it did. Okay. I mean, he apologized to Casey. Look, he, Doug Gottlieb did all the right things, but man, in this crazy desire world to be first instead of be right, you swing and miss like that, man, it is a black eye on you for a long time. Now, uh, you could argue that Doug Gottlieb has, has suffered a string of black eyes throughout his career and he survived them all. Good for him. Again, I think the world of Doug Gottlieb. I've met him a couple of times. I think he's a nice guy. Uh, I have nothing against him. I wish him well and continued success. And I, like I said, I think he's one of the better radio hosts in the country. Uh, that said, this is a gap, man. This was, this was bad. Uh, you're going to get involved in stuff like this. You better have it right. You better have it right. And he did not. All right. Speaking of having things right. And so Strider, once again, uh, proves why he is a guy who should be getting the ball in game two of the Major League Baseball playoffs. And yesterday's start might have been better than his 16 strikeout performance from a start ago. You know, uh, when you have your best stuff, you're mowing guys down, you make it look easy sort of is it's when you don't have your best stuff and you have to fight through starts that's when you really prove who you are like I, this was told me a long time ago about baseball you know a pitcher is going to make 30 starts in a year that's about average right on a five-day five-man rotation make about 30 32 starts a year if you stay healthy the entire year you're gonna have five starts where you're completely unhittable you're gonna have five starts where you're, you're, you're complete mush and you're just getting banged around the other 20 starts in between decide the difference between Cy Young and down to the minors. It's that simple. How do you battle in those starts where you don't have your best stuff and you're not utterly dominant the way you are when you strike out 16 guys? Well, Spencer Strider proved that last night, or yesterday afternoon, I should say. And, of course, you guys know I've been on the Strider bandwagon for a while now, and I have had my fair share of detractors who have told me that uh, I'm being crazy, that you shouldn't be in front of Wright, who was a, quote, 20-game winner at some point this year. Shouldn't be in front of Morton because he doesn't have the experience. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, what he did yesterday was exactly what the stuff that Cy Young Award winners do. Spencer Strider had a rough start. He walked three guys in the first inning. 
gave up a double, gave up two runs. And I got the text immediately from a colleague of mine in the business. You watching this? And I didn't even, it took me a second when he said, you watching this, to think about what else I tried to play some gay game today. And then I immediately remembered Strider was starting. And uh, he, I knew exactly what he was talking about. I didn't respond. I waited. I waited, I waited, I waited. Let me go back. I, was, uh, I think I waited like four or five hours. No, it was more than that. It was uh, over an hour. Yeah, he texted me at like 4.04. And then I texted him at 5.22. And when he said, you watching this, I responded back. I said, yeah, five innings, one hit, eight Ks. I'm watching you. Much better than your, quote, 20-game winner from last night. He wasn't happy with me. Uh, he told me I couldn't wait over an hour to, to, to bleeping uh, respond when he couldn't throw a strike in the first inning. No. And Strider even said it last after the game, quote, I think this is probably the start I'm going to be most proud of so far. Yeah, it damn was. You regrouped. You shut everybody down. You struck out nine. You threw six innings. Got a quality start, and then your team won the game. Hello, hello. At one point, he retired fifteen in a row. That is what you need in the playoffs: the ability to resettle yourself, calm down, focus, and get guys out. Because guess what? You're going to struggle against guys in the postseason. At times, it's going to happen. They're going to have your number. They're going to be able to hit you, even though I don't think Strider's hit a ball at this point. That said, this was one of the most impressive outings that this young man has had all year long. Took him 37 pitches to get to the first inning. Took him 67 to get over the next five scoreless. That is the stuff that playoff starters are made of. Again, I said, I said last time, I'll say it again. I don't know what more convincing you need about Spencer Strider. What possibly more evidence could you need that he is the guy that gets the ball in game two? I don't want to hear about 20-game wins. I don't want to hear about experience. The guy has got the stuff. He's the second-best pitcher on the staff with the best stuff on the staff. And even at that, he might have the best stuff in Major League Baseball right now. That's how good he is. And for those of you old enough to remember, this is Doc Gooden in 1984 reincarnated. Go back and look at the numbers. Go back and watch the YouTube clips if you don't know uh, about that level of dominance. But that's what this is. That's what this is. And the guy deserves to get the ball in game two. There's no debate on it anymore. And there shouldn't be. What he did yesterday was the stuff that Cy Young Award, Cy Young Award winners do on a routine basis. And that is the difference between him and Morton and him right. Good pitchers, tough pitchers, not Cy Young level. Never will be. Strider is. That'll do it for us today here on A to Z. Back tomorrow recapping. Oh, by the way, before we get out of here, uh, only bet for tonight, Thursday Night Football. Take the Rams in a teaser plus eight and a half. Bills are way too public. I think that's the right side, but it's way too public for me to back, so I'm not going to do it. Um, Put the Rams in a teaser with somebody else, whether it's the Vikings whether it's if you want to tease the Bengals down to a half point um, or even the Ravens, tease them down to a, a, a one-point favorite against the Jets. So that's the play for tonight. Back tomorrow. You guys have a great Thursday. Don't forget to crap from anybody. See you.